Hi, you're listening to Mark versus the World. I hope you enjoy. Today's Portuguese word of the day is papai or pai. It means father. Hey everyone. Welcome back if you've listened to my previous episodes and a giant hello to anyone that's new and joining us. I apologize if you find the format of this show a bit confusing. I'm still trying to find my rhythm and I'm working very hard to give you the best podcast that I can. So today's episode is going to be about fatherhood. Nearly two years ago, my, my life changed drastically and it changed drastically because my wife found out that she was pregnant with our son. And the reason why I said this was drastic, because I was approaching my early 30s, still not really knowing what I wanted to do in life, still wasn't really in a rush to find out either. I mean, I was happy as long as I had a steady job, you know, not not too much fuss or confusion or complication in my life. I was sort of searching for a purpose, but very, very passively. So for all intents and purposes, I was very, very content. And this was the wake-up call that, admittedly, I needed and I'm very grateful for. It made me more determined and to start looking for a career and to do a bit better for myself. So I had to support, you know, a now-growing family and to try and be an exceptional example to my child. It meant I had to learn to plan things in advance, manage money better and think about the necessities over expensive trinkets that mean absolutely nothing in the end. The only worry I had was... How am I going to be a father? You see, I'm a part of a generation who grew up in households where mum and dad, or our biological fathers, weren't together. Probably similar to a lot of people that I knew at the time and people that I've grown up with. Due to some issues with my parents, they broke up when I was about six years old and my mother and my older brother moved away from London. My biological father had two kids prior to me and my older brother. And he had absolutely no contact with them. And then when I was about seven, I found out that I was going to have a little brother. And around this time, my biological father started contracting abroad, which meant I had very little contact with him and I wasn't going to see him a lot. And due to the nature of how my parents' relationship dissolved, it was just getting worse and worse. By the time I was eight, I was living with my grandparents and I wouldn't move back into my mother's house until I was 15. In that time, I would still speak to my dad, but more so from when I got to the ages of 13 and upwards because I had a mobile. So that means I had my own method of communication and we would speak back and forth, but somewhat infrequently. He wasn't really an ever-present figure in my life, but he would send me and my older brother money from time to time. He would also try to be in the country when it was near our birthdays, but if he couldn't make it, he would give us like a larger sum of money or, you know, large sum for a teenager to spend, um, just as a way of an apology. And the problem with this is, my dad wasn't really there for any of the moments that a dad's meant to be there. He never taught me how to ride a bike, we never went camping or fishing, or any of that kind of stuff. Because he was always working abroad, he was always starting new relationships, and then ending these relationships. And as I got older and tried to build more of a relationship with him, it became harder and harder to do so as we seemed to know less and less about each other. And I started to notice how heavily he drank, 
how he kept having issues with my older and younger brother and how he would only contact me when he needed something or he needed me to get them to talk to him. Once they'd be talking again, I was swiftly pushed down to the back of his priority list. Even if I was the one that was making the most effort with him and trying to keep this relationship with him, but I never felt the same effort was returned back. You could call it middle child syndrome or whatnot, but to be honest, he wasn't really making much effort with his other four kids. And after my grandmother, who is his mother, had died, I realised he was never going to change and there was no saving our fragmented relationship. Plus, I finally realised the man he was and that how he was an old dog that kept using his old tricks. So about six years ago, I cut him off completely. Cut all contact, didn't speak to him, deleted his number, changed my number, never gave it to him, got my brothers and my sister not to give him my number. Because how I saw it was, I gave this man 25 years of my life, my optimism, my hope that he would be there and that I would matter to him or that he would show me that he that I mattered to him and that completely failed. He would only offer money and not love and respect as I wanted as a child. And I know that's more than some of my peers got from their fathers and I don't want to sound unappreciative or or anything but I'm not that kind of materialistic kind of person. That is why I referred to him as my biological father earlier on because without him I wouldn't exist and I'm grateful for this existence but he never showed me or made me feel that he was proud or grateful for my existence. So this made me have to look a little deeper to realise who my actual father figure was. The only man who was consistent throughout my life and helped to raise me and that was my grandfather, Harry. A quirky man with one of the thickest Jamaican accents you'd ever hear. He was from Spanish town. He was a man with very few words, but when he spoke, he would usually be right and it would usually make complete sense. He was the person who taught me the most about the world, about history, about philosophy and about my self-identity. This guy taught me how to ride a bike, tell the time. He, he was there to take me like on trips. He used to pick me up from school, everything. And he was a very simple and humble man. He was also very old school, but he was from an era he came from. But he was quite open-minded for someone of his generation. I know this sounds a bit confusing, especially in this day and age of closed-minded elders or this, this notion that old people tend to be closed-minded, but it was, it was really true. He was the sort of person who would build anything with his two hands, a mechanic and a welder for more than 40 years of his life. Broken fingers and his broken nose while working, and he never stopped to do anything. I mean, he broke his fingers working, from a car bonnet shutting on his fingers, he got the car bonnet to open up, he put masking tape on his fingers and he carried on working. That was the kind of man he was. He was, by all tenses and purses, like a real man's man. And he didn't go to hospital to repair any of his injuries or anything. He was like, you know, he was the real deal. And he helped my grandmother raise seven children, which is like my mum and, and her siblings. And he walked, he worked like six to seven days a week, literally every day of his, like every year of his life almost and when um, one of my older cousins came out of the closet and told my grandfather he was gay my grandfather didn't react he didn't cuss he didn't make my cousin feel uncomfortable about who he was he simply took out two guinnesses from his fridge and handed one to my cousin they both smiled and had a drink but when it came to knowing how i was going to be as a father i didn't know if copying his example was the exact way to go just because he came from a different era and a different time to the world we live in now
so much has changed and I was worried that I would instill with my son some of the wrong things, some of the wrong ideologies, not preparing from the world that he was going to be living in, but preparing from the world that I grew up in or even the world that my grandfather existed in. But when I saw my son, all those worries and hang-ups just flew out the window. I didn't have all the answers, all the solutions, but it felt in that moment we would teach each other so much. And as long as I was there and I would help to give him a loving and secure home, the rest of the blanks would kind of figure themselves out. I have a wonderfully patient and supportive wife who knew I was worried about being a father, but reassured me that I could do it. Then I looked at my circle of friends who have had similar or, as, or even tougher upbringings than myself, and I would take inspiration from a lot of them. As I do know a lot of wonderful dads, despite the cards they were handed out in life, some dads that I know have full custody of their kids. Some are still with the mothers of their kids. Some are in new relationships, but they never neglect the kids and they're always uh, ever-present figure or they're fighting tooth and nail to be a part of their kids' lives. And many of my friends come from homes where their dads weren't about a lot of the time. Yet they knock it out of the park every single time. And I'm guessing they're probably using their experience with their fathers as either a guide on what not to do or taking positive aspects from their relationships with their dads and paying it forward. I think being a father is more than just the biology. As to be a father, you have to be a parent, a friend and a confidant. You have to try to nurture and support your children and trying to be honest about the world we live in and preparing them for their life when they are older and they can understand things. I think we are living in an age where fathers do not have to be hunters, gatherers, protectors and breadwinners as there are women out there bossing it right now. But as a father, you have to do what it takes to support your child, which does include elements of financials and mentality and also physically being present. Attending performances, games, shows, you know, awards, ceremonies, graduations, the whole shebang. My son's pending arrival was something I was so terrified about, but now I don't see how my life could have been called a life without him. And don't get me wrong, I still panic sometimes when I think he's going to fall over and hurt himself quite badly. But that is something that I'm continually working on because I understand that he can take the old bump and bruise and if I react to it, he's going to then react to it. And sometimes little little falls don't necessarily hurt us. He has, to learn, he has to learn a little bit of pain as well as everything we go through involves a bit of pain. I just have to ensure that nothing is going to be life-threatening or cause him seriously, serious bodily harm. But I want to conclude this episode with a thought. Relationships with our partners can end, no matter how much we want them to work. Being a, being a parent, however, is something that doesn't end until your days on this earth are over. So to fathers out there who aren't seeing their kids enough, fight to be in your children's lives. Stay committed to them above anyone or anything else. Try and pass on the knowledge you gained in life, but also be prepared to learn. Hold your hands up when you're in the wrong and try to be understanding of the choices they will make. To the men who are raising other people's children, I salute you all. Some cultures or subgroups of people look down upon you because it's seen like, you know, a, a bad thing because they're deep down, they're spineless and they wouldn't have the guts to do what you do. And lastly, to the mothers to, that are listening, if a man is a great dad but was not the best of partners and he hurt you emotionally, don't deprive your children of seeing their fathers. If a man has been an absolute waste of space, however, to your kids, 
you have every right to be difficult and make it uneasy for him so that he does not disappoint your children. Thank you for listening. I understand if people couldn't sit through all of this week's episode, but I wanted to share something a little bit more personal than usual. If you want to have a conversation about anything I've discussed today or any other topic, message me on Twitter or Instagram or subscribe to the podcast. And um, I'm hoping to get the podcast out on more outlets soon, but it's just a work in progress. So currently this is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and TuneIn Radio. And thank you for listening. I look forward to speaking to you all again. This was Mark versus the world. Goodbye.